All right, guys, welcome back to the golf podcast. Tons to talk about today. So, I mean, first of all, we've, we've got all the storylines that came out of last weekend at the Memorial, right. everything from, from Rory to, to <laughs> the incredible display we saw from Scotty Scheffler, just struggling on the greens, but just lighting it up everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then afterwards we even had, you know, a disappointed Rory talking to, uh, to Jack saying like hey i'm sorry i couldn't finish and jack's like we need to sit down and talk (laughs) so we got to speculate what that's over Mm -hmm. even you know on the women's side we have rose zang came out of nowhere yeah that's a cool incredible what she's done uh even some stuff to talk about live matthew wolf there's so much to go over so hang tight we got a lot to to, to dig into today but i want to kick it off first talking about we had we had put up a poll on uh on our you know instagram story Mm you know, half jokingly talking about this concept, right? Uh, and if anybody missed it, I'll, I'll just catch you, catch you up real quick here. Uh, so there is a golf course. It's a very unique golf course. I think it's down in the Carolinas that has a hole zero. And on it, it says warm-up hole. Right. Now, yep. they, they, they're known for having a lot of funny, quirky golf holes. Uh, one of those being, I think, the longest Yes, hole. I it's know like you're talking about. This is in Virginia, actually. It's in Virginia. Yes, okay. yes. Okay. We got to get down there and play it at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. One's like a baseball field. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they got some great, but it's like, it's like very conceptual. So one though, I wondered if an idea, if it would catch on at all, was this idea of having a hole that doesn't count hole zero. And we all talk about how like, you know, the first T jitters, we struggle the first hole, mm-hmm. just kind of finding our rhythm. So we put out a poll and we said, would you, should there legitimately be a warm up hole, a hole zero? So basically, you play 19 holes, but only 18 of them count for your score. The first one just does not count. Has to be the first one. Though. Has to be the first yeah. one, no matter what happens. Right. If you shoot, th- you know, a triple bogey, it's not on the card. But as I said, <laughs> is it like a nail in the coffin right out the gate if you shoot birdie? If you do well, yeah. On the hole That's that doesn't count. Right. Or is it a big confidence builder? So we put this poll out and we got the results here. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. 71% of you said, yes, please, let's have a warm-up hole. 56, 56 votes, 29% said, no way, you don't want it. <laughs> there was a lot of comments saying, guys, that's what the uh, the putting green and, and the uh, driving right. range are for. But my counter to that is that, sure, like for your your gamer golfers, you use the, the driving range and your putting green to like kind of like get a vibe for the speeds and, ha- and the conditions of the day. Yeah. But there's a lot of like us weekend hackers that are just like it's it's more nerves than it is skill. Oh, you're totally and that right. first hole, we're just like you just want to get get out and running, right? Yeah, right. You know, or you're so fired up, you've been thinking about your round mm-hmm. all week, and you get out there that first hole, and it's just like you don't yeah. haven't we settled settle in too. So, and I love it because then you can report to the warm up hole what 20 minutes before your round. Otherwise, you'd have a nightmare out there. You can't have people just going through like a range. Well, somebody in the comments said very smartly, and he probably was a starter at some point, be like, the warm-up hole would be great. I'd be able to send guys out there while I'm waiting for the first tee. Yeah, that's just it. Like, So you get there 20 minutes before your tee time. Right. It's your tee time is now on the warm-up hole 20 minutes before your tee time. Right. And you do that and you come back. I, I can see it. the starter being like, hey, you're a one o'clock tea, t- tea time. You're on the warm-up hole at, at 12, uh, 12.48. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I need you on the warm-up hole And then I need you on the first tee by one. Right. Okay. Right, or just having an option for when it's getting stacked up on the first. Like maybe yeah, you play totally. it or you don't have to play it. Like you, the starter could be like, guys, we got a little bit of a backup here. You got time. You want to play the warm-up yeah. hole while you wait? Go ahead, go tee up on the warm-up. Think about what it would do. You can even drop some balls while you're close to the green. Yeah. And you can get a feel for chipping. And then up there, you could putt like eight balls. So you're doing everything you need. I think it's brilliant. More courses need it. I love it. Look, and it, 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 
of course, there'd be a cost associated with it, space, all things. But uh, listen, <laughs> on a more serious note, I'm a big advocate of, and I love, and we've been seeing this more and more, of the golf courses that are putting in those short courses. You know, yep. they're like nine or 18 holes of par threes ranging in maybe 40 yards to 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And and I just love it. It's like another way to like be out there. It's it's, it's like this transition between, it's somewhere between the real course and the range. Yeah. Like it's right. just something in between. Right. That mm-hmm. still gives you that practice. So- I don't know, but you guys can weigh in in the comments and, and let us know if you think a, a warm-up hole, the 19th yeah. hole, hole zero, really. 19 is the bar, zero yeah. is the warm-up yeah. hole. hole zero. You guys let us know if you think that's a good idea. Um, but let's quickly touch on on last week's event, and then uh, we'll, we'll breeze into what we've got coming up, which is the RBC. And we touched on this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, talking about this grueling schedule. Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. a handful of guys, as of right now, unless we see a withdrawal, Rory included who could potentially be playing in the RBC and then flying from there across the country to the, uh, well, actually, uh, where in, in, in Canada is it? It might be on it's the middle. coast. It's middle? like mid, okay. right? Mid, mid, it's like above the Wisconsin area. Like Toronto area? I'm not sure yeah. where it is. Like uh, They showed the map this morning on TV and where they had it was like kind of a north of Wisconsin. So either way, it's still, still a hall. So let's say you're you're playing Sunday. And is he flying back across the next week to the Travelers East Coast? I think it's he an is elevated. it's another elevated event. And Rory can't miss another elevated event. So you take a guy like Rory, for example. If he's in contention Sunday at the RBC, he's got to finish up in Canada, fly to L.A., Start getting some practice and warm-ups in, getting ready for the U.S. Open. U.S. Open wraps up, and he's flying back across the country to Connecticut to play in the Travelers for a, a, an elevated event with a $20 million purse. Yeah, crazy. So it is crazy. But you had coming down the stretch, first of all, Hovland with an incredible win you know, at Jack's Place, the Memorial. That's one that these guys all want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, elevated event, huge purse, $3.6 million yep, yep. that he takes mm-hmm. home. Does Hovland have the best smile in golf? He's always smiling. He definitely seems like the happiest guy on tour, doesn't he? They always knock him because they like no matter what, when he's mad, he just always looks like he's smiling. But I tell you what, you, you, yeah. a lot of people would trade lives with Victor Hovland. Yeah. I could see why he's smiling. Oh, he's yeah. bringing home bank. He's one of the best golfers Absolutely. in the world. Absolutely. Um, I, 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 It's just incredible. But he had just such a great day Sunday, goes into the playoff, ends up winning the playoff. Um, it's a big one, no matter what, for these guys to win. So that was just incredible. The other story and some of the memes that were coming out around Rory just falling apart. Did you see yeah, some I of these? Yeah, I saw them all. They're great. Uh, the Rory, like live look at Rory during the final round, just choking. Everyone's gonna say chokes. This one was was kind of funny. Rory maybe thinking lives not so bad. Fifty fifty four hole leader, (laughs) multiple times this year. Um, (laughs) Hate it when these things fall apart. You know, is that cornbread? Yeah, cornbread. (laughs) (laughs) The Nature Valley Crunchy Bar. Yeah, big time. Those are the worst. Rory, but yeah, and but this this tells the story. Look at this tweet from No Lang Up. Rory bogey on five with a wedge in hand. Bogey on seven with a wedge in hand. Thirteen with a wedge in hand. Fourteen. So that's four bogeys with a wedge in hand, and which you think, Rory, that should never happen, right? But it just shows you, like, to win any of these PGA Tour events, you've got to be firing on all cylinders. Everything's got to be working. And the stat that just kept hitting me over the weekend, and everyone was talking about it, was how really tragically poor Scotty Scheffler's putting was. Do you imagine and if he turns that around? Incredible. So so this is just, look, look at, at this, strokes yeah. gained against the field. Denny McCarthy was in first, gaining nine strokes against the field putting. Scotty Scheffler was in the, dead last on the weekend, losing 8.4 strokes to the field in putting. 
This to put this in perspective, at one point, you know, Scotty was right there at the top of the leaderboard on yeah. Sunday, uh-huh. right? I saw I, I got to dig up the exact stat, but I saw something that said the last time someone lost eight strokes putting to the field and made the cut even was 20 years ago. <laughs> you don't lose eight stro- strokes putting and be in contention. It's unheard of. Yeah. It, we had some of the other Scotty stats. I don't know if you have them there, but it just shows, look at this. He gained 19 strokes on the field in strokes gained T to green. Wow, look at that. He made up so many strokes T to green. Can you explain what that means? Uh, so he was 19 strokes better in average than to but the what field. what does that mean? Like he got to the green 19 strokes before everybody else? Like, uh, like how, did, yeah, like how does it like break down? It's kind of loosely kind of that way. Basically what it means is like on average, take the field in average. You know, he was on he was on the 19 stroke better side. So the putting one's easier to think of. It's mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. like think about he taking the average of how everyone was putting that day. He was eight strokes behind that. Like he was basically giving eight strokes back to the field. So think about Scotty. Mm. If he even if he even putt remotely good, he wins that event. Yeah. Even remotely well. Right. Right. But pull that stat back up. So he had right, like remotely well. Yeah. Look at that. He, Jeez. Plus thir- plus eleven strokes gained approach. It, it's just nineteen point nine three. Un unbelievable. He's just like he was. In other words, there was almost nobody out there who was better tee to green than Scotty Scheffler. But once he got the flat stick in hand, so he, just, he lost you know eight strokes to the field. Was he just not dropping his birdies? Yeah, so he was putting for birdies, putts. wasn't making them. He wasn't making putts. Um, Does so this actually trend positively for him going into the U.S. Open? Like if he can just like pick up his putting, maybe he just works is he on just his Dialed like if he puts a focus on his putting. Well, there's the so many things to it. Like certain greens suit guys better. He could have been just struggling on those greens, but. Also, putting is such a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not something that I think a lot of these guys turn around in a weekend. You've seen guys like even Rory struggling with putting, making putter changes. Sometimes you'll see a putter change come into play. Sometimes you see a, uh, there's so much that can be changed in putting as opposed to other areas of the game. Putting grips. Sometimes you True. see guys messing around. It just seems like it takes some guys a little bit of a time to get out of there. Imagine we see Scotty rock up to the U.S. Open with like a full like arm lock set up. Yeah, right. Just like completely Complete change the game. Broomstick. Yeah. Well, listen, you never know. But but the the reality is though, it could have just been an off week. Some of these guys can just shake it off and just do better. Um, but sometimes you can get involved with like a mental coach or whatever it may be. But interested to see what it means because I still think Scotty's the guy to throw a couple of bucks on for the U.S. Open. Yeah, no doubt. You know. I think that's a little I bit of an outlier, and it just shows if he can be that much in contention, even when his putter's not hot, all he needs to do is he doesn't even have to get a hot putter. He just needs to have yeah, a regular putter. He does, man. He Just regular. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say. I bet big on Brooks for the last one. I'm going big on him again. Yeah, you but won like $300. Yeah, dollars, $330. You kind of have to throw a lot of money on Brooks. I'm going to up my little stupid $5 so bet. And like. <laughs> If you think about it, these guys have been playing hard for the last like three or four weeks. Right. Brooks has had one event yeah. since the PGA Championship. Right. And he played pretty well coming off an absolute bender. Right. So yeah, he if, still did if well. now he's got two or three weeks of prep, he's probably out and this in one LA. He wants, he's probably and he's playing won before. the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to have to see because I think, yeah, Brooks, you're right. you can make an argument that he's the guy who's got the most rest. Because he doesn't, he's not playing like we mentioned earlier. The grueling schedule of these elevated events, these designated elevated events, going back and forth. But you got to think like the PGA Tour guys, not like are just kind of at this moment like, like angry, 
right? Like, think about it. Like, you got, like, they're in the back. Like, think of a guy like Matt Fitzpatrick. He's sitting in the back going, like, we're flying all over the world yeah. on these elevated events, and these guys are just coming in, and they're crushing it. And, yeah, I could see a well, lot of bitter knows? people I, I still. I wonder if the PGA Tour might make the case that we push the pedal too far. That's just it. I think elevated. they definitely have. Yeah, and then maybe they'll say, listen, the case to be made to get the top-tier talent is to actually back the schedule off. Yes. I think what they yeah. were thinking was, listen, That's if we it. can squeeze a ton of these $20 million purse events, it's going to be such a lucrative thing for these guys that they're going to all want to play. They're all going to want to stay on tour. Mm -hmm. it, it takes the idea of like, it bridges the gap between live being so lucrative. Yeah. But the same token, you get guys like, let's say a guy like Brooks who like has admitted he only really cares about majors. If he can still play in the majors and he can just, he can use a nice loose, not too, you know, strenuous live schedule to just stay in form yeah. and show up at just majors. Just show up and do what he does. Everybody's uh, saying that once Brooks, his contract with Liv is up, that he would try and get back on the PGA Tour. But I don't know if that's the case necessarily because he'd only be playing like 15 events yeah. for Liv and then he's playing the majors. And if he's still in the majors, if he keeps winning, he's going to be qualified for him. Right. So I honestly I think don't think he just would come back ever to the go majors. back to the PGA Tour. Well, listen, I mean, where he expressed it was he did say early in the year he missed events like the Waste Management. And there's certain ones, I'm sure. Like a lot of these guys might miss being at like Jack's, Jack's place and playing the Memorial. Genesis, they like that one. Right. There's yep. a few big events. But on the most, on the whole, yeah, especially coming from a guy like Brooks who said he really doesn't practice for, for these other tournaments, the majors matter. But um, the divide is still there. And evidence was it. Did you see what uh, Jack was saying? Um, so basically he's just saying, I don't really consider the guys, uh, and when he says these guys referencing live, he says, I don't really consider these guys part of the game anymore. And I don't mean that in a nasty way, uh, or really mean it in, in that way to me, we've just got the best field. So he's just basically right. saying he was looking at the field at the Memorial and basically saying this field is so strong. I don't miss those guys. Yeah. Yeah, but it but just imagine shows how you. that field would be if it had Brooks, if it had Cam Smith, like yeah, DJ. Right. I, DJ, I think yeah. the the case that a lot of people can make is that there's just so many un unbelievably good golfers right now that even without some great golfers in Brooks and Cam, you still got a wealth. You're yeah. you're you're overwhelmed with great talent. Absolutely. So he, I think that's the case he's making is like I don't really miss them in mm -hmm. that way. If if ten of the best guys went over to live, and I've still got fifty incredible players here. Yeah. I wonder. We'll see how that translates later in the year when we get to the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I'm curious, and that's another thing. Speaking of Brooks, though, but think about how 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 like that would be the perfect lifestyle for him. Like to answer your question, Zach, about what is he going to do when his contract at Live is up? Like he does, he could just show up to these four majors and just play golf those four times. Just imagine, it's like oh, that's just, true. He doesn't even have to play on Live. He could just show up to the majors, right? Imagine you work with like a trainer. You work with your coach. He work, works with Claude Harmon weekly. Stays in shape. Yeah, and just lives like he's got eighty million dollars in the bank, whatever it is, and he just shows up the majors. He wins those things. Maybe gets on Ryder Cups. That's like what he probably ultimately wants in life. Right. Well, listen, if if he was to win the Masters. Yeah. He's got a lifetime exemption. Lifetime there. Okay. Yep. He's got an exemption for quite a while now for the PGA. But if he didn't win the PGA, both the U.S. Open, actually all three, the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, and the uh, the PGA are all qualifying events. Yes. He could go through the regular qualifying stages and qualify his way in and just play majors for the rest of his life. He could, but he's good for five years now. Boys, yeah. I think we figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, it, it's, it's, you're not getting, 
at that point he would pro he's not getting any more big paychecks. He already got the big paycheck from Liv, but he yeah. wouldn't be getting sponsors and stuff like that if you're only appearing four times a year, most likely. But yeah. regardless, I I'll tell you, and I want to mention one more thing about Liv before we, we do a commercial break, but um before that just sparked my you know thought on it the u.s open qualifying is today the longest yeah. day in golf and mm -hmm. there's guys qualifying everywhere i just I, I mean i want to point it out again that this is one of the things that i love about this sport you cannot sit you simply cannot do this in any other sport the fact that you still have to be a tremendous golfer but if you're a great amateur golfer and you can string together a couple of good rounds you can put yourself in the u.s open yeah where else can you do that right you can't awesome. be like casually playing baseball and be like, yeah, yeah I got a couple, you know, series. I'm going to qualify my way into the World Series this year. You just it. couldn't do that. But the reality is the stories that come out of it are so incredible. You got a guy who's a UPS driver yep. who's working to qualify. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all different areas of the game. You Michael got Blocks Michael Block stories. Michael Block's son. His son. Yeah, you don't get these in any other sport, yep. you know. But then on top of that, some of these qualifying events that are going on today, you've got guys who are just pure ams going up against Sergio. PGA Tour guy. Did you see, um, uh, where's it? Down in North Carolina. Sergio already qualified. Oh, he did. Right, right. Harold Varner. Yeah. There's, he's playing yeah. at that course down in, in, uh, in North Carolina. There's like, there's like one house on the property. He's staying there and he's just working on his way and qualifying his way in. No way. Yeah. Oh, he's hot right now. Didn't he just win? He on won Liv? on Live. Yeah. So there's ways that these guys can get in. But anyway. That's cool. Speaking of Live, real quick, the other thing we got to discuss is Matthew Wolf. Yeah. So. So he's booted. So Matthew Wolf, like, like, let's dive into this for a quick second. This is now he's been he's been kicked off the team here, and 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 I I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know all the specifics and of what goes on behind the scenes of of one why or where or how he got kicked off. But now this is the second team that he has been you know yeah. departed from since joining Live. It makes me wonder, and this is what I've said before talking about Liv. I think Liv needs a little bit better communication. So like for us of us who are casually following it can kind of understand how this goes. Because now I'm left wondering, what does that mean for him? If you're teamless, right. are you gone? Yeah, exactly. Are you a rotation guy? Do you come in off of like... But what team do they stick you is on? Is he coming off the bench off some other team? Right. Can, is other team going to scoop him up last minute? But if you're teamless, are you out? Of the that's the, what the nobody field? knows. That's the thing. I, yeah. I need a little bit better. We need a little and, something. And here. If you guys know, drop it in the comments below. I, and I, I'll tell you, it's because admittedly, I don't follow it super closely. But that to me, like, okay, that's fine. There's a lot of peripheral uh, live watchers out there that I think it's smart for live to communicate this better. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of just your diehards, bring in other people by, by communicating better what that means. They should be you know, putting out a little more information. Like if a guy goes teamless, if he's, if he's bumped off of a team, what does that mean for him? But even I wish more we so, knew. it makes me wonder, what does it mean with Matthew Wolf? Like, why has he been pushed off of two teams? Yeah. And if you don't have a job at live and you're off the PGA tour, then what? Then That's what? Like That's right. But, but it does make me wonder like, you know, cause all I've ever known and heard of Matthew Wolf is that he's a good, good guy. Yeah. You know, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that like is shaking up teams and creating any type of, a bad team atmosphere that you right. want him off the team. Mm -hmm. So, but also maybe like, he's, they're not going to tell us that. No, they're not going to tell us. They're maybe not. he's going to, going to do qualifiers from majors. Right. Go that route. I mean, what else? That's what I'm saying. What do you do if you're, if you're released from live and now you're no longer a PGA tour member, but is that because he would be like the first person released if he was Liv, released right? again, we don't know where he is, what right. team he'll land on. Now he's also one of the contract guys. 
Uh-huh. He's one of the guys who signed a contract yeah. to go over. Not everybody got contract money to go to live. There's some, right. there's some names he did. we don't, you know, are not household It wasn't names. probably a, a ton. No. But, but it was like, something life-changing. Yeah. ton to us. Yeah. You know, maybe not to him. But, and, but regardless, yeah, relation though, to the now big boys. two teams that he's off, it just makes me wonder exactly what that means for him um, and And he's why. won some money, I think, a little bit here and there while he's been on live. Yeah. He's been on some of those winning. All you got to do is be out there and you're winning money. Exactly. So he's <laughs> your team. Your team does well. You're you know look at yeah season and a half on live so far for him. I'm sure financially he's doing quite well. So I'm saying in the long run, if he does get released, I'm sure his life is set up for him. I'm right. sure he's. But it's just it's just something I could have never predicted because he was a guy like, like we look in at college Hovland, three years ago who you just know what I mean? won like, yeah. right and we were like it was always Hovlin. Morikawa and Wolf were the three big guys in that conversation of the new young guns coming up, making all this noise and playing really well. And now, you know, you see Hovland just won on PGA Tour and Matthew Wolf is teamless on live. And I, I would have never expected Wolf that. Wolf hasn't been playing poorly, I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm pretty sure he's been like in the hunt, not in the hunt, but like he's coming in top half of live, whatever right. that means. But like, right. he's not playing bad golf. Which makes me wonder, like, what would be the reason that he would, be dropped from two teams just don't just don't know he's a young dude too he's yeah. like 24 25 if that yeah he's young i said he was one of the Super young guns young. Yeah. We, were, we were all talking about and there's a little bit more uh backstory on the matt wolf thing uh he's a nike guy yeah a nike tailor-made guy brooks is a nike guy brooks's team reportedly was supposed to be getting investment from nike like Nike was gonna be like the lead sponsor of Smash GC, okay, mm-hmm. and so it didn't really make sense why Matt Wolf would be kicked off the team on like the verge of the company mm. that sponsors him, right? Sponsoring there the might team. be stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, it just makes you wonder how much of it is driven, sponsor driven too. Yeah. now like yeah, the t- if team sponsors, I- I'd be shocked if that's true that that nike was going to come in and yeah, sponsor. Could you imagine i can't because i we haven't seen any big big global brands assign their name to live yet they just are still t- keeping their hands off they're seeing a couple of of names of brands that are starting to dabble with it but no big big name brands because they're 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 still afraid of the optics of what that means and i could see nike not wanting a boycott do you think that if nike was to sponsor uh smash gc that it would legitimize Live a little bit more, like a big, massive, multi-billion-dollar company like Nike that everybody knows, everybody wears. Like, does that just take Live to another level if they do get a massive deal with Nike? It's tough to say. Or, or does it work the other way? Does it does it hurt Nike when they? Let me tell you something. Nike's banging boardroom tables. Yeah, they're back. You know why? Because they get they get ratings when Tiger plays forever. Yeah, and when Brooks competes in these U.S. Opens, he's Nike'd out. Yeah. So Doesn't right now they're wear banging stuff. tables, loving life, because they're going to get ratings no matter what. Because Brooks just stays wearing Nike. I've never seen him wear his logos for Live. Well, that he, was he doesn't even in Live. He doesn't even wear in that him. photo you had that yeah. you just put up there. I, I, it was he had uh, Nike, all, Nike, and the other guys have the smash shirts and hats. And if you look, Wolf, you can kind of see the Wolf, swoosh. Wolf on his has chest. a. He's got Nike well, shirts. Oh yeah. Doesn't wait. I want to clarify this. Is Brooks still on a Nike contract? I think so. Unless he's just lazy and wearing what he has. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he's still on a Nike contract, that's why he's wearing it. 100%. I think the other guys that's waiting for the, the who are wearing like the the smash or whatever, they don't they're doing it because they don't have a contract, Correct. and that's their 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 fallback. Correct, but he's not being like like DJ's wearing his team stuff, Phil's wearing his team stuff, Brooks is not. Yeah, but DJ, DJ ways with the but, but DJ was still wearing his four aces stuff when he was sponsored by Adidas. 
So it's like, who knows what like the who, actual yeah, rules are. Yeah, there's a lot like, of ways we could speculate this. But I mean, one way yeah. you could say is you could say, look, here's the biggest billboard for Liv is Brooks Kepka right now. And he's not wearing any Liv stuff. Yeah. I and know. he's not, he's not also not a huge champ. He's not a guy who wants to talk about it that much. Right. You know what he's I'm saying? So like they had this big it. opportunity to have a billboard and they don't. But my other quick quick point on Liv and what they could do to be better if they wanted to is do an hour long recap show. And they're not gonna have a station for this. Maybe it's on their YouTube channel. That if people wanted to, you can get the info of like Matt Wolf, the drama, what happens to him now. Yeah, we who won this week. What were the scores? Amazing. Give me a recap like Golf Channel does. Yeah. I'll take that all day. Maybe they do it and I just don't want to touch it. Yeah, or we don't know where to watch it. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The communication on their end has to be better. Yeah. Anyway. We're going to do a quick word from our sponsor. When we come back, though, I want to talk about, A, Phil is is back. They let him Twitter out Twitter Phil's back, oh, There's baby. some big beef going on. Is he going to join the broadcast booth with Chambly? Never. Well, there's... there's, there's is it going to happen? There, there is happen. word of their possible debate. I can't Like a wait. televised yeah, debate that's what I mean. between the two that's of them. That's it. That's what we Not gotta... the broadcast booth. Like a oh, de- it's a debate. A debate. They're setting the stage for a debate. Where they just sit down like and they have it out. with presidential candidates. Right. So we got we <laughs> oh, got man. that possibility. Like okay. I said, we mentioned, we'll talk really quick. Rose Zhang, too. Incredible what she did. Um, and I want to talk even briefly about from some stuff for, for us. We're going to be you know, getting fit for and testing the new Titleist T-Series irons. Yes. So yeah. I want to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that. So we got quite a bit. So let's do a quick word from our sponsor. We'll bounce back into it. Listen, we all aspire to outperform the player we were yesterday, and this takes practice, commitment, and trusting the golf ball will perform the way you need it to on every type of shot. So the new Titleist Pro V1 and Pro V1X are the most advanced yet and will help reward your best swings like never before. Both models are longer, even more consistent, and feature unrivaled control. The Pro V1, it's the best combination of distance, spin, and feel in the game and delivers that penetrating ball flight. The Pro V1X, it flies higher, spins more in the short game, but it still gives you that low spin on long shots to really maximize your distance. So find out more about the new Pro V1 and Pro V1X, including which is the best choice for your game at Titleist.com. And guys, Foot Joy is the number one shoe in golf because they offer the widest selection of sizes, styles, and performance options of any shoe out there. Some of our favorites have been the Premier's Wilcoxes, the Hyperflex, and the Hyperflex Carbon. And that whole entire Premier series, it's easily the top shoe that we see out there on tour. Um, you can't not mention the Foot Joy Fuels. I love those. Uh, they've got those awesome colorways of blue and pink. We rock those in Sea Island. Mm-hmm. We're still rocking them now. I brought in the, the light blue ones to Myrtle Beach. I was wearing those super comfortable. And let me tell you something. Everything in their arsenal is legit. You have to see it for yourself. You got to trust the brand that's been number one forever. Trust your game to FootJoy, the number one shoe in golf. All right, guys, I want to talk about the Rapsodo MLM2. It's now June. I'm sure a lot of you have gotten it. I know you have been on the waiting list. You purchased it back in January when this thing launched, or March even. Uh, but we've been having a lot of fun with it. And if you're listening um, and you don't see this thing, it is a small device that you easily tuck away in your golf bag, and it measures a ton of different stats about your golf swing. Frank, we've been using it for a long time, even their first edition. But like, I want to throw it on you. Like, What's been one of your favorite things I'd about say, this? What I love is that it builds on the M- original MLM was so good, yep. and it, it did so many things for an incredible price. In fact, now you can still get 
get it. It's it's not been discontinued. They're running alongside of each other. This is the MLM 2 Pro for people who want to unlock even more. But the original MLM, now you can get it for 399 bucks. Yes. So for the price of a rangefinder, you're getting a lot of great stuff. But what you unlock with the MLM 2 Pro is we've got the multiple cameras that are built into it. We can see our impact in slow motion, mm -hmm. which really helps from a game improvement standpoint. And on top of that, it really suits that dual purpose, whether you want to bring it out on the range, super portable, and get more effective range sessions, or you want to use it into a net, indoors yeah. simulator yep. simulator is so big especially for guys like us where we've got three four months of the year where we can't be outdoors we keep our game going it's been one of, i probably i would say easily one of the biggest game improvement tools for me so far that i've used i couldn't agree anymore and you know what i went to a birthday party the other night and we were i was talking to this guy about golf and he's like dude i got 12 foot ceilings and i got a net in my basement he's like what do i do i'm like get a rapsodo mlm2 pro yeah 700 bucks he goes wait what is it called and i had to educate him yeah and when i told him all about it, he's like and i just hooked this thing up and i have simulation exactly i'm like dude and the simulation is legit exactly so so i would love it for all those reasons guys gotta check it out go you know go to the rapsodo website check out the mlm2 pro uh as mike said earlier there's been a lot of issues with stock because the demand was so much more than anyone can anticipate and they've sent out countless emails just keeping you updated on uh on the uh the waiting lists and things like that so what i would say is don't wait pull the trigger this thing is awesome you're gonna love it and you're gonna use it for years to come so go check out that rap soda mlm2 pro all right so before we uh dive into this <laughs> whole twitter feud we've got going on again with uh with phil one funny story mike i mean how random is this had dinner with Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Last uh, Friday. And actually, you're going to be on the show. What's what's the show called? It's on Fox. I can't tell you these things I signed, what the name of the show is. Oh, okay. But what I can tell you is that, so the whole thing was very random. I got a, a DM. It was in the DM requests. Yeah. The ones you almost don't see. So I'm glad I checked it. And it was a TV show producer. And she was like, hey, I came across your page, you know, golf content creator locally. We're filming in New Jersey. We'd like for you to come and be a part of this casting for the show. I'm like, all right. Interesting. I thought it was, thought it was getting punked. I thought it was yeah, so of funny. Course. So um, she drops the phone number. Call me. We'll talk about it. So I was like, get this area code. I have no idea. But I looked at her profile. It's a TV show producer. Yeah, right, right, right. right I did my research. Uh, gave her a call. She chatted. She was excited. And uh, she's like, when someone dropped out, we want to put you as our VIP. And I'm like, I'm like, now you really think she's scamming. Now I really think I'm VIP Mike. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, okay. So I'm driving to this. Uh, I brought my wife and I get there and I'm like pulling in and I'm like, I don't see trailers, trucks. I'm like, this is not happening. I was up to that point. Yeah. yeah. Then we turn the corner and you see the whole production. I'm like, all right, trailers, people sitting in the chairs, the director chairs. At that point, at least you'd know you're getting scammed by someone who puts some thought into it. Right. At least at this point, we're on a legitimate <laughs> TV show of me getting scammed. So it'll, it'll be something. Fun Ashton Kutcher popping out of the bushes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, I, you know, I got there, I checked in, I had to like sign all the waivers and I tried to get the Golficity logo, I had it on my sleeve like this. Um, I'm like, I'd love to wear this on the show because you know, it's my company's logo and, and they're like, fine, just sign off on it. It's cool. Then I couldn't wear that shirt because it was too busy. So I had to get, I scrambled. I'm like, what am I going to do? At one point they were like, can you go to the mall? Like they wanted me there. I was the VIP yeah. where the, all the cameras were in the restaurant. So I was a big part of this filming, I guess. I guess I'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so the pro shop was still open and the guy, thankfully gave me a shirt for free. Shout out Marty in the pro shop. He's like, dude, you're here for us. Take it. He gives me this white under armor shirt. You know, I just like wow. took it. I'm like a war from now. Gave it to my dad. I'm like, here you go, dad. He loves yeah. it. 
Um, but I got in there, I sat down, but the whole experience was great because you just, oh, a, a server comes over to you with a menu and she's just like a normal restaurant. We're just like, we're order. And then out of nowhere, Gordon walks in and there's cameras everywhere, what, everywhere. Yeah. So I'm just like guys with boom mics while you're talking to you. So these hot wigs come out. I'm shoving them in my mouth. They're <laughs> steaming. I got cameras like right here. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. and I'm trying to be like, these are delicious. You know, I mean, like, thankfully the food was amazing. So I didn't have to pretend. Like, yeah. I was so nervous. Like, what if the food is garbage? Right. But I mean, wings, burgers, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, long story short, I mean, it's going to air in Fo on Fox. I had the cross he had on. Big Fox? It's cool. Big Fox, like our Fox, Channel Fox Five. Five. Wow. In the fall. I think it's episode four of this show. It's like a it's a kitchen renovation show where he just kind of renovates. It's his it's his thing. Yeah. But um, we were at the main table and there was stationary cameras like stuck on the wall that they were operating. I saw them turning as well as the big rigs that they had and yeah. the gimbaled ones and all that. So my wife and I were talking and then Gordon came over. So this was the, the came over to us. He had an earpiece in, so I don't know if someone was feeding him this information. Right, right, right. But he was like Golf City, you know. He goes, "You're proud of what you've done," you know. And his <laughs> Gordon City. accent, you know, Golf City. Everyone calls it Golf City, of course. It'll it'll be that till forever. Um, but then he's like 180,000 Instagram followers, all that. So he like knew. Congratulations. Then he asked me what my favorite course was that I played. I said the old course, and um, I was like, you know, you could walk. I tried to throw in the the cooking part. I was like, you could walk right off, get fish and chips at the Dunvegan. It was National Fish and Chips Day that day, which yep. was weird. Okay. Um, and he was like, oh, he goes, that's a, a, such a wonderful spot. Like, he knew all about it, of course. Did he, Does he play golf? Did you ask him? I, I didn't get that far because he, he was bounced from table to table. But um, like I had those were my questions in my arsenal. Like, well, what's your handicap? Do you play? But I didn't get that far with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't Either take way, a photo with him. It wasn't allowed, all that stuff. But It's just so funny sometimes the random stuff that pops up. Yeah, so random. Yeah, we came in so, here. I think it was like last Friday, Friday, and Mike was like, "Yeah, I'm having dinner with Gordon Ramsay tonight," and I was yeah. just like, "No, you're not." And no, it was a not. Friday night, no, like not. all the pieces just fell in place, so it was meant to be. And like the shirt thing, like I was like, "Oh, this is Mike. This maybe it wasn't meant to be because they're not going to put me on." They're like, right. "I have nothing in my car." Like they're like, "Do you want to like one of the sweaty ones on the cruise back?" I'm like, "I guess oh so." My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Take this like, shirt off any cruise. I'm just like, "Some on you." <laughs> yeah, I'm about to eat with this thing, but uh, it worked For out. For those that don't know, that's like one of Mike's like. Pet peeves, I would say. Yeah, it's no. just like yeah, other no. people's stuff in general. Somebody's sweaty just, shirt. Yeah. No way. Anyway, yeah. So that's Seeing the Fox. random Gor Gordon <laughs> Ramsay story. Back, back, back let's to you, Rick. back over to eighteen. <laughs> um, so all right. So anyway, this Phil thing. Yes. So Phil and Brandel, and and we obviously we could do a whole podcast on it because there's so much at this point. All you need to know the synopsis here is that they are at each other. Okay, and it's become have been for a while, and I think it's reaching the boiling point. It is, and now it's becoming like it, it's it's there's countless tweets you could pull up between these two, um, but I guess it's been thrown out there of doing some sort of formalized debate between mm -hmm. the two of them, um, and and you you could see how that makes sense. They both like are are, are talkers. They're both going to want to like try to run some sort of laps around the other guy from yep. a debate standpoint. Um, but what was interesting is there's definitely some miscommunication here. There was a tweet that Brandel had put up uh, basically saying that he had posed two different dates uh, to Phil. And I'm, and I'm summarizing this here. But he had posed two different dates and locations for a debate. Uh, and he even said that their moderator of the debate was, was a friend of Phil's and it would be friendly. And it wouldn't just basically be just him bringing Phil into a trap. Right. Phil, though, responds to that and says – 
I don't know what Brandel's talking about. I don't know if he's either talking to an impersonator, a Phil impersonator, or he's just blatantly making this up. <laughs> we never had that conversation. So clearly there's a no. lot of miscommunication going on here. But I mean, look, sure, you can get involved in it and they're 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 throwing jabs at on Twitter back and forth. But there's also a bit of this that's showmanship. I mean, both of these guys at least on the Brandle shot side or make, make their living from creating a bit of controversy. I know a lot yeah. of people hate Brandle for this reason, mm -hmm. but you got to also understand like, it's kind of his job it's what to, he does. to make a, a little bit of like drama. Sure. You know, a little showmanship uh -huh. out there. Um, but, but if you're going to do that, you got to be able to take it as well. If you're going to give it as hard as Brandle gives it, you got to be able to take it. And Brandle to me, Seems I wonder, like a take his ball and go home. Well, evidence of that, did he block Phil? He yeah, or is this confirmed that he's blocked Phil? Yeah, it says it here, I think. So here you go. Phil now saying that that Brandel, yeah, no, Brandel's now blocked. He uh, can't handle it. He's a poor Brandel, Phil. But I, but here's the thing. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, Brandel, yeah, why block him? Like, you need to know. You want to keep this, you know, this conversation going. Right. He just, he did invite him to come onto the set of the U.S. Open. Phil's not going to do that. Yeah, well, Phil said, he said, look, I'm trying to compete for U.S. Open's one of my most important weeks of the year. I'm it's not his Grand go, Slam I'm not opportunity. I'm going to sit down yeah. with Brandel to try and get and in get my out. head before the U.S. Open. That's that, smart. It feels like that's why Brandel chose that week, because he knew that Phil would never say yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, though, have you, has there ever been a moment in golf that's been more dramatic than right now? Yes. About two years ago, when all this live stuff was really no, but that's what off. I mean. In general, like like in the last lumping together the last couple of years, when you bring in the Netflix series mm -hmm. and all the drama that created, yeah. remember Brooks saying he didn't know who won the Masters, yeah, right? To the Phil drama, the live drama, mm -hmm. golf is was I think always kind of thought of as the sport that was that did for better or worse didn't have the drama, right, right. But now you sprinkle it's in the like, drama and it just got a little bit bigger. Right. So it just makes you wonder, like, all these peripheral spin-off type events, you know, like we had the match, and the match is a lot of fake drama. It's just like yeah. NFL guys just taking jabs at each other jokingly. Right. But it makes you wonder, could it support like a uh, a show where it's just like guys going in and just debate each other? It like, would be I interesting. I think people would watch people it. People would watch. I think so. I think it would be pretty good content right there. Yeah. And then they go play nine holes. Really, so the next out. match could be Phil versus Brandle. Yeah, that would be interesting. While they're mic'd up and they're ribbing each, they're other, ribbing the whole each time. other, right? Can you imagine that? Phil would cut deep though, because at this point, I think Phil doesn't have anything to lose. I think a lot of him has been exposed and uncovered. Well, and Brandle might have some skeletons that Phil might know about, and maybe well, I don't know. You're seeing that Brandle has these skeletons because um, I think in this overlay here. Uh, this lady, uh, Lisa Cornwell, she is saying basically that Phil's a bully or that Brandel's a bully and was always super aggressive uh, when they worked together. Mm. And that, like, yeah, Phil's just like, yeah, like, this guy's not a good guy. Well, I was just saying, know. like, Brandel's yeah, not a guy that anyone's on the fence about. You either love him or you hate him. Yeah. You know, that's what it comes down to. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. It makes for a lot of, of, of drama and. You never know what might more come come out of it, uh, but I see. think the big news here, if you, if you put wrap it up into anything, is that Philly Phil is one hundred percent fully out of hiding and back to embracing 
you know, and, whatever he wants to chat about. Because don't forget, Phil laid low for about a year, not tweeting at all. Um, and, and if he's you look back at, to being vocal. So watch out. He's almost out. a billionaire, You never too. know what's coming. You see that? No. That tweet about him, um, some guy was like, uh, how you doing with your gambling? He hasn't even gambled in X amount of time, and I'm also a billionaire, or close to a billionaire. That was a recent tweet that yeah, came Yeah, and then out. Colt Nost was like, so if you're not gambling anymore, can I have my $10,000 back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to believe that that Phil's a billionaire. He said he said very close to it in the tweet. He's like, oh, he said almost a billionaire. I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah. mean, with what he's worth, he's probably had a couple hundred million in the bank before going to live, and then he, he went to live, bank. got a couple more. Still, though, where did he get the other five hundred? Speculating that he was like secretly broke because he had lost it all gambling. Yeah, it could yeah just but be also. Just a- Feel good tweet. I feel like you're not going to lose that much money. He was winning on tour for like 10, 15 years. Like that, you're going to have a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and he also, he's like, he's behind the scenes. Isn't he like a big part owner in like Mizzen and Maine and yeah. some of those other brands? A lot of brands. But even though he's not the yeah. face of them anymore, he's still making money from them. Totally. So. Totally. So um, anyway, the other story was, so Rose Zhang uh, just, I mean, there's not a lot of people in any sports who can say that they came out and won their first professional event, but you know, did Tiger? Tiger even like we got the tweet. Tiger congratulated her. Like I just saw that Hello World. It reminded me of what Tiger said when he first played. Did Tiger win his first event? That Buick Open or whatever that was. That 1996. No, I don't think Tiger won his. That first. whole Hello World. I'm here. He didn't win that. Didn't. Oh, no. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to. Yeah, I don't know. But what I'm saying on staying on the Tiger thing here. Go back to that quote. So Tiger, you know, congratulations because it's true. Like, imagine this. She defends her NCAA title, turns pro, mm-hmm. and then wins her pro debut. Yep. There, there's your hello world. Look out for 100%. Rose. You know, they, we could see a lot of incredible stuff out of her. But that's one way to, to kick off your career and, with a win. And she yeah. won, uh, she broke Tiger's uh, NCAA win record. Wow. I think I, it was either consecutive wins or just wins in general, and she beat out Tiger by one spot. <laughs> it just it just shows you that yep. there's some incredible talent there, and look out because that that's somebody that if she pours it on, she could jump up to world number one really quick. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could see a lot of records broken. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and the other thing I want to mention really quick is so n- next week, not this week, next week, um, going to get fit for the uh, the new Titleist T series. Dude, you realize where you're going to get fit? That place is like... Is it legit? Yeah, I heard. I know like, it's a spot out in I was in Connecticut this weekend talking to some locals, and I told them about it, and they're like, dude, there's a lot of money at this place. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm psyched for it. So, But whatever. You won't, you won't experience any of that. You'll be on the range. We'll but be on the range. <laughs> yeah. but, but yep. regardless, I'm so psyched because we saw this lineup. We got a picture here of the Ooh, Look new, how uh, pretty they look. I mean, gorgeous oh, all the way through the line. And this is one thing that I, I'm really... The reason I'm so interested is I've been really loving these fittings and going with like mixed and blended bags. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I come from the days when like when I was in high school and stuff like that, I'd buy a set of irons off the rack, just basically how whatever right. ones looked good to me. Yeah. Right. And we've come so far from there, just learning about the process of getting fit. Um, and it's been two years since we were last fit for, for irons. Um, can't and believe it's two years. I know already. it's flies, right? It's flies how quickly it is. I, I still remember that day though because it was so hot. It had to like drink so between hot. every swing. You're just like sweating through the shirt. Yep. It was like a 95 degree, you know, 80 percent humidity summer day. We were getting fit, so hopefully get a little bit better weather this time. But um, 
I'm really interested to see what they've done with the lineup and then what we can look at. Maybe I'll be really kind of questioning the fitter and seeing like, Hey, you know, do, what do you think about doing a blended set? Because I love the idea of like with some of the, the mid and, and, you know, lower irons of having something that's a little bit, you know, more towards that, like the T T one fifty and stuff like that. And then where we need the forgiveness going up the line for the T two hundreds and the T three fifties they've got now. Yeah. Then, then bring those back up. I'm looking for Frank. I'm looking forward to your, your two through four T one hundreds, two through four. <laughs> we constant joke, run and go. Cause Frank's hot right now. Of course. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but no, we have, go back. Cause I want to look at those T three. So three fifties on the top. Yeah. Look at the size of it. Like the difference. See how, as you go down that, that little border starts to disappear yeah because what's what yeah. that border is is that those are like a cavity back type yeah it's kind of covering that backing so they but i like though is that the lineup from all the way through the lineup looks so similar that a blended set is going to look very cohesive yeah yeah so mm-hmm. i'm going to be looking at the option of doing a blended set either way you know how i like to do it i, I like to just put myself in the fitter's hands and whatever they say goes goes because do you go blackout if you go blackout if you can potentially that's yeah, the other thing it's like they've got the black options the now, black too. option was for the last set of t series irons so yeah. are we gonna have to wait another two years it's a good question yeah. sometimes the black, black comes out later we'll have to see either way they look so good the way they are they I just do. like to hit them they do so uh stay tuned because we'll let you guys know how that goes of course we'll be doing a full fitting video the reason i say my fitting is mike's actually gonna be away on vacation so i'm gonna get fit and then I can report back to you how it went. And then and you're going to get, get fit, fit like the week or two after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get to see two fitting videos on the main channel. Love it. Which is good too, because we often get fit into two different things. And there's a, there's a lot to cover. In a yeah, fitting. I don't want to put us together in that because there's so much you can get out of it. So much you learn from watching those videos too. Yeah. yeah. Especially it just shows you the fittings, the benefit, because different golfers end up fitting to different things for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And we are very different golfers. So I think that that really kind of helps. Yeah get to see all that so anyway that's everything we have for you guys this week we're going to be diving into the u.s open on the podcast next week Um, so stay tuned for that make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next week 